to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask five simple questions to pastors, ministry leaders, and church members, and basically anybody else we can convince to come on this show to learn more about who they are as people and where they see God moving in their community. I am your host, Greg Mamulo. Welcome back to Season 2. This is going to be our second episode of our second season of Mission in 5, the podcast. And last week we spoke with Reverend Dr. John Weimer, who serves as the pastor at Gibbon Baptist Church in Gibbon, Nebraska. He is also the chaplain of the Nebraska Army National Guard. So if you're new to the podcast, I encourage you to go back and check out that episode and all of season one's previous episodes. All right, onward and upward with another episode of Season 2 of Mission in 5, the podcast. Today we are speaking with Bev Putzis. She is the camp director at Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center, the official camp and conference center of the American Baptist Churches of Nebraska. She is also a commissioned lay minister with the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, where she does pulpit supply and youth programs for her local church, the Edensburg Lutheran Church in Malmo, Nebraska. She is a mother of four, and she also has six grandchildren. Welcome to the podcast, Bev. How are you doing today? I'm good, Greg. Nice to be here. Good. We are actually both here at the region offices recording at the same time. So this is kind of unusual for us. Normally we're talking to people on the phone, so this will be different. Okay. All right. All right, our format is simple enough. We're going to ask you five simple questions um, to learn more about who you are and where you see God working in your life, in your church, and at Moses Merrill. Does that sound fair enough? Fair enough. All right, let's dive right in. Question number one is always, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I would say, first off, I'm a wife and a mother and a grandmother. Um, Those are the greatest joys in my life. Uh, And then... I'm a camp director. That it? That's it. All right. Pretty good. Um, how did you get here then? That's the second question. How did you get to the place where you were a um, commissioned lay leader, but also how did you get to being the camp director at Moses Merrill? Well, first of all, I think I've felt a call on my life, and I think I have struggled with much of my life figuring out what that call is, um, partly because... Being a wife and a mother and a grandmother takes a good chunk of time. Um, I've always been a working mother, so that's always filled my day. And um, I've spent a lot of time when my kids were in school uh, before they all left home and did a lot of volunteer work at the church, Mm -hmm. um, felt God nudging me, Mm -hmm. um, and started taking some classes um, to be a lay leader. Okay. Uh, at one point, I'd even contemplated, you know, doing the seminary route and um, becoming an ordained pastor. Um, I really never set out to be in camp ministry. It kind of, well, it didn't really happen by accident. I think God had a big part in that, but I kind of okay. think it happened by accident. Um, I, uh, I've actually been in food service a lot of my life and uh, was very um, disenchanted with the job that I that I had at that time. Uh, because of some management changes and some of the philosophies, and um, I felt like I needed to go somewhere else, and uh, I wasn't sure where that was going to be. Sure. Um, but then one day Robin called mm-hmm. and uh, said, "Hey, I hear that you might be interested in um, 
being the events coordinator at camp. And so him and I chatted and, and I left my previous job and, and came to camp uh, with the intention of being the events coordinator, which I did and I, I still do. It's part of the camp director position. Um, as things changed at camp with management, uh, a couple of years ago, um, Robin approached me about uh, being the camp director, which really was only a title change. It really didn't change much of what I did, but uh, <laughs> That's how I kind of ended up as a camp director. And like I said, I never set out to be in camp ministry, but I can't imagine doing anything else. So before you came to camp, um, you did a lot of other things. I know that uh, you had some experience with with cooking in other places. You cooked Mm -hmm. at camp, and you're saying that that wasn't really fulfilling Mm -hmm. what you felt called to do. Uh, So tell me about what what does a camp director do? What is what are the many hats of a camp director? Well, being a camp director for a small nonprofit means that you spend a portion of your time in the office what people think that you're really doing, but you you also have the opportunity um, to clean toilets and wash dishes <laughs> and make beds and um, do lots of things. And I think that's part of the job that I love. I love the variety. Mm. No two days are ever the same. Um, I'm not going to go into the office and say, okay, this is what we're going to do today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because usually by the time 10 o'clock rolls around, I've already done three or four other things than what I really intended to do that day. Okay. So you get to do a lot of different things. Um, If you're, you're directing, what are you directing at camp? Um, I am direct. First of all, I'm directing a wonderful staff. We have a great staff out at camp that that camp couldn't operate with all of the behind the scenes people. Um, Denise is the housekeeper, Jay and Jim and facilities. And of course, Caleb is the program director. So one of my hats is to keep everybody on the same page with mm. what events are coming up, uh, what things we need to get done to be prepared for the next group that's coming. Sure. Um, and then also to make sure that any events that we're uh, sponsoring uh, that the promo's done and and that we've done all the things that we need to do and I'm the one that uh, meets with any prospective groups that want to hold a, 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 an event at camp and so I also write the contract uh, make sure that they've paid their deposit and paid their final bill and mm-hmm. how many people are coming and do they want a campfire do they want a wagon ride what time are they going to eat yeah. um, all of those kinds of things all right very good <clears throat> So then let's move on to question number three. Okay. Um, what moves you? So what are your passions? What are your hobbies? I know you have a dusty guitar hidden in a corner <laughs> somewhere. You used to have some goats. Tell us uh, tell us some of your hobbies. Yeah, I, I do love music. In fact, when I was young and naive, I really thought I was going to go to Nashville and be some famous country star. But then I had four kids and, you know, that just didn't happen at all. Um I do love music, I do love worship, and I love people. And I like to be around people, and I like to uh, make sure that people's needs are met and um, that they're getting the best possible experience when they're at camp. Uh, The same thing kind of spills over when I'm grandma. You know, I want to make sure that the kids are happy and and, um, things are going the way that that they uh, want them to go. So uh, people motivate me. People are my passion. and then I think um, sharing God's good news with people. Okay. Um, because I think that sometimes, uh, and I think part of this, you know, wanting to go into ministry and people say, oh, you want to be a pastor, which, you know, at one point I thought I did want to be a pastor, but, you know, I realized more and more every day that 
everybody is a pastor in their own way. That um, the it's very work Baptist that, of you. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> that you know, we all have different roles in life, and and I see that in my four kids. Um, my four kids are all very unique and very different, and went in different directions, yeah. but they all have found their passion and and what they're meant to do and i and i think that when somebody finds their passion is when going to a job doesn't seem like work Mm. and that's where i'm at going to work going to camp doing what i do most days Mm -hmm. um doesn't feel like work right well that's great so yeah that's been a recurring theme in many of our interviews over the last uh two seasons of Mission in Five, the podcast, (laughs) is that uh, many pastors talk about feeling called to the church, but they're ministering to a bunch of people who um, aren't also called to be pastors. They're they're called to their various ministry contexts wherever they go. And this is one of the reasons when we do installation services, we talk about how pastors are here to equip the congregation for their works of ministry. And it seems like uh, you've been well equipped for your works of ministry. Um, do you do you credit that to, to pastors or to growing up in the church? What, uh, what have been some sort of influences on you that, that brought you to this point? Well, I think as a very young child, the biggest influence in my life was my grandma. Yeah. And because she was one of those people that was always there for everybody, actually both my grandmas were, um, I was blessed to um, know all four of my grandparents. Um, Actually, all four of my grandparents were at my wedding, uh, which is kind of a unique thing for a lot of people. Um, So they played a big role in my life. Um, And I feel like I came from a traditional family, but then I wouldn't know what a non-traditional was because we all (laughs) think we came from a traditional family, right? Sure, sure. Um, But... Um, I did grow up in the church, and and it wasn't until later in life that I realized what a blessing God gave me in that, because Mm -hmm. um, at one point I was like, wow, there's these people that say, this is the day I found Jesus, and I'm like, I kind of think I always knew him, and Mm -hmm. so... um, so I feel blessed that, you know, he, it's always been a lifestyle for me. You know, um, that's what I was raised in. That's what I raised my kids in. And and so that um, that was that's a big influence on who I am and, and what I do. And um, I, I think that um, becoming part of the American, Nebraska American Baptist family has been an influence on me. I've met lots of great people. I look at... Greg, you and Robin as as huge uh, influences on me and uh, great mentors and um, so I think there's I think there's something to take away from everybody that's you know I think we're all bits and pieces of lots of different people in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that you've been a huge influence on my life as well. <laughs> Thank you. I just not a bottle of some Bev energy and <laughs> I would never need caffeine again. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Moses Merrill. What's what's going on at, at Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center that we all need to know about? Well, we are um, a couple weeks away from breaking concrete on the first uh, cabin that's going to be remodeled this fall. All right. So we're extremely excited about that. We have to get all these groups out of the way and all the other business that has sure. to take place. But um, we are uh, ready to start breaking concrete and putting new windows in. And so that is an exciting time. I think um, more than just a new and remodeled 
cabin. I think it's going to be open um, a whole new avenue of ministry for us. Okay. Uh, for the use of those of you that don't know, we have 10 cabins. Uh, cabins one through eight uh, after the remodel will be our summer camp cabins. Um, because we are increasing the beds from 10 to 16, we can accommodate all of our summer campers uh, in eight cabins, okay. which allows us to... Um, use cabins 9 and 10 as an extension of, a, of the lodge, right. which we are greatly in need of. Right. Uh, we max out that lodge almost every weekend. Um, we have people already overflowing into cabin 10 and to Weichelman. So um, I'm excited to see that that come to fruition mm -hmm. and um, to be able to look at um, ministry in a little bit different way right. um, with the abilities that we're going to have. Uh, the advantage of having 16 in a cabin is that um, we can have more kids with a little bit less uh, volunteers and paid staff, which um, has been a struggle from time to time to get enough people to come in and, and be cabin leaders for our summer camp. Yeah. So um, I think that's going to be a great addition uh, to the ministry there. So Caleb's talked a little bit about that with us in the past, and we experienced that first season of kind of a new summer model. Mm -hmm. um, do you just want to take a second and, and mm -hmm. I mean I know that's really Caleb's thing but I know you know a lot about it yeah. tell yeah. us a little bit about that transition and, and how it worked out this summer well this is the first summer that we have um, increased our staff we started out uh, four years ago by hiring four summer staff that were there all summer long um, this year we upped that number uh, we had eight uh, four of them being college age and four of them being junior cabin leaders, which is a brand new program that Caleb developed, uh, bringing in high schoolers um, and more as a um, servant leadership program. Uh, while we did pay them, we didn't pay them as much as we paid the college kids. But, but what happened is these kids um, had two weeks of training with Caleb uh, and other people at the beginning of the season, Robin came out and did some leadership thing. And, and, and what our goal is, is that we can provide a consistent camp year after year after year. And we will still be utilizing volunteers um, because there's going to be camps that are gonna to be too large for the number of paid staff that we have. But um, this is kind of a growing out of our leaders and training program, the LIT program, which was started four years ago. And um, the premise of that program is that, you know, we, the cabin leaders are probably the most critical person to a summer camper. Right. They were also the person that we gave the least amount of training and work with. And so it was critical that we gave them the ability to know how to share the gospel, to be able to walk them through some difficult times, and also to caution them to not be a counselor to them. Right. So the program has grown um, and has been very successful. Uh, the things that I saw this summer at summer camp that really excited me was college kids and high school kids that stepped up to that leadership role. Right. Um, it was exciting to see them week after week to grow not only um, as a leader, but also themselves spiritually. Because, you know, when you when you give that away, you actually get more than what you give. Yeah. And I saw that in, in those leaders. And so we are so excited to be able to say that um, every summer we can we can guarantee that these kids are going to have a great time, that our campers are going to have a great time at summer camp. And so with the, the cabin remodel, that makes that model work even that much better. Yes. yes. All right. So we are the Moses Merrill Camp, but we are also and a conference center. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the many other things that are going on besides summer camping. Um, we, spring and fall are the biggest conference and retreat seasons. Um, we're just about, we're just about done with the fall season. Um, the way the camp is designed, and I don't think it was intentionally designed this way, but the way that it's set up, we actually can accommodate three separate groups at one time, which we do quite frequently in the spring and the fall in order to accommodate the number of groups that want to come to Camp Moses Merrill. Um, obviously the lodge is, um, a big draw to have hotel style lodging, but we have a lot of men's groups and young groups, uh, young adult groups that love to uh, be in the cabins and mm. to use Weaver Hall. We also have the ability to use Calendar House and Palmyra as um, as another area. Um, it also works because we have 568 acres that there's room for all yeah. of them to go out and play and right. hike and, and do whatever they want to do. Um, so it works well. Uh, the other thing that we're working, there are, there are a couple things that the American Baptist people, um, the men and the women both have their conferences and, uh, the women have a conference and a retreat at Camp Moses Merrill. Um, Camp Moses Merrill also um, sponsors some events, uh, one of them being the Leaders in Training program. Uh, we also do a women's getaway uh, in March. And the other thing that we're adding next year that we are very excited about is a young adult retreat. Okay. Uh, I think that the young adult, which is college age and up until when you don't think you're a young adult anymore. <laughs> We're not putting a cap on that. If you're young at heart, you could still come to the young adult retreat. But I think uh, just like many churches, mm -hmm. camp has a gap right. uh, when those kids are done with high school and those kids don't feel like they're quite ready for the the AB men and women's uh, sure. conferences. And so we're trying to fill that gap and we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, and, and Moses Merrill has really expanded even beyond uh, American Baptist Church's only participation. Um, I remember you telling us several times um, just how many different visitors come to the camp every year. So if you remember that number off the top of your head, maybe just a round number, how many people have come to camp this year or last year, and then tell us about some of those outside groups outside of American Baptist Life that utilize the campgrounds. Well, I think I don't. I have not tallied this year's numbers, um, but I think last year we were right at two thousand people, um, including summer campers that come to Camp Moses Merrill um, all throughout the year. Uh, we have other denominations of of churches that have found us and come and have their retreat. We have a, a Lutheran group from Norfolk. The ladies come every year. They've been coming for about ten or fifteen years. We have. We have a scrapbooker group. We have a quilter group. Uh, the other niche that has kind of found us is um, the uh, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholic Anonymous. They're looking for a safe place mm -hmm. that they can come meet, and um, that 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 end end of it has grown. The other niche that has found us is um, some uh, Mennonites. Mm. And they found us because there was a missionary group that all were missionaries together in uh, Mexico about 15 or 20 years ago, and they were looking for a reunion spot. That's cool. And so we're the center of the country. Oh, that works. So um, God led us to uh, led them to us, um, and since then we've had two other groups from that general population that have said, "Hey, my friend so and so said about talked about your place," and it's it's kind of a challenge for me sometimes to. Um, 
to sell the place and to actually find the needs of uh, a group that's working that I'm working with from Tennessee. Sure. Um, so that that presents a new challenge, but um, they come and they're they're excited and um, they're very grateful for what we have. And I've told the board, uh, the leadership team, many times that I wish that some of them could be there to hear what what people say about Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center and and what the American Baptist people have created at this spot that not only they enjoy, but many, many other people. And um, outside of even the, the church, there's been some, some really big groups. Um, just real quick for people that may not know, uh, tell us a little bit about the um, kids who are maybe in foster care or adoption that yes. come and unite for, for a week at camp? We, uh, we work with a program that's called TRAC, which is Teen Reach Adventure Camp, and it is sponsored by a church in Omaha, and they do camp for foster kids. So the first weekend um, is all girls, and the second weekend is all boys. Um, they do a lot of the same uh, programming that we do in our summer camp, and, and it's a busy time for us because we're squeezing them in between our summer camps. Uh, but it is very, very rewarding um, to see these kids that otherwise wouldn't have that opportunity to be out in the country, uh, to you know, to see the trees and to, to shoot a, a, a bow and arrow and... Um, go on the zip line and um so that is a they fit very well with our mission yeah um our, our mission is a, a place of discovery growth and renewal and um they fit very well right. in the in that category um well let's move on to to the last question then it's just kind of what's next so we've kind of touched on things that are happening things that are continuously happening but is there any kind of new thing what's on the horizon for for maybe the camp but also for you personally, um, is there anything going on in your life that you'd like to share? Um, I think for the camp, um, I am not lacking for dreams. <laughs> it's one this, of the best, one of my best assets is dreaming. This is uh, your chance to let <laughs> tens of people who listen to this podcast, who listen to this podcast, know what your dreams are. Go for it. Um, well, obviously, we need to get through the cabin remodel, um, but there are a couple other areas that I think that we could really um, expand the ministry at Camp Moses Merrill, and one of those is to build a super cabin onto Palmyra. Okay. Um, Palmyra is a great meeting space. It was one of the first buildings that was built at camp, um, but to add a, a, a lot of super cabin onto that that would have my vision is two floors uh so obviously we could separate boys and girls um palmyra can hold about 40 to 50 people so obviously that's what we want for lodging it would be the ideal location for a small youth retreat uh we might even utilize it uh with our camping program right. uh you know we added mission camp this year and so it might be an area that we could you know have more than one camp going on at a time during the yeah. summer with a totally different situation. The other thing that we are really in desperate need of is in addition to the lodge. Um, we max it out, like I said, adding cabins nine and 10 will be a great asset, but it to add another wing to the lodge would be, that's a big dream. Right. Um, but as Robin says, we serve a big God. We do. We do. Um, so tell. So how many rooms are in the lodge just now? There are 11 rooms in the lodge that has have 25 beds. So... We need to double that, triple that? We need to at least double it. Okay. Um, my vision is that we would relocate or add another lobby meeting area in the middle of wherever 
we add another wing to the lodge and mm. um, possibly even a basement under it that could be more meeting space. You know, one of the things that we're lacking at the conference center is breakout spaces. Right. Um, you know, not everybody does breakout spaces, but a lot of retreats do breakout spaces and we just have very limited space for them to be able to break out. Um, mm. The other thing is that um, sometimes we have to serve meals at the conference center because mm. of uh, other things that are happening at Weaver Hall. So um, to have a designated dining area would be another dream. Mm. Um, but I think uh, I think we could sustain that. I actually at mm. one point keep a tally of how many groups that we turn away because we're not big enough. Right. Um, so and the chapel will accommodate you know a hundred. 225 so um i think that we could so you know you could keep the same size chapel to right. accommodate everybody that would fit in a lot pretty right. easily right all right. right yeah yeah i like that dream i know all right what else you got um i think that one of the things that i've started working on that i need to continue to pursue is pers- preserving the history of Camp Moses Merrill. Okay. Um, you know, it started in Fullerton, moved to Moses, uh, to, to Linwood. Um, there's boxes of pictures, there's boxes of slides, and I've begun that project. I've, right. I've started a timeline, and I continue to add to that timeline, but there's a lot of blanks in the timeline mm. um, that I would love to fill in at some point. It's obviously not something I have a lot of time that, right. that I can devote to, but one of the projects that I am going to finish this year, um, I started it last spring with the help of Susan Gillies, is um, to do a bio on every person that a lodge room is named after. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are mis- are missionaries, mm-hmm. and so just going down the the lodge hallway um, would be a, a lesson in uh, American Baptist missionaries, and wow. um, be a good. Yeah. So it, it's like three fourths done. So yeah. that's one of my winter projects. I have all these winter projects, but <laughs> um, yes, I think that um, preserving the history and 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 realizing that there. There have been so many people that have shaped and molded Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center. Yeah. And that and that, you know, I I sometimes drive through camp and I think, what were those guys thinking in nineteen seventy two when they bought this land mm. and there were no roads? It's kind of like Back to the Future, yeah, right? Yeah. There were no roads. Um, <laughs> there was not a you know, there was a farmstead. There was an old homestead, but um, their vision, and, and I've talked to a couple of them, and, you know, one of the reasons that we drive a mile back to any building is because they didn't want anybody to encroach on camp. Mm. They wanted everybody to be secure when they were there. So um, so I think to there's so much space that we could develop, but I think that we need to make sure that we develop it in in a way that it's not just another activity, that it fits in with God's mission yeah. uh, for Camp Moses Merrill. Yeah, very good. Well, let's just, uh, just a bonus question here. We've talked a lot about very practical things about camp. Um, my experience has been that the uh, Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center is a thin place. It seems to be one of those unique places on earth where God seems to constantly meet us. Um, so for me, it's a holy place. And I think many of our guests that go to camp, it's also a holy place. Um, Maybe share some of your observations of, of how that's played out for its various guests or maybe even for, for yourself. I think I hear time and time again that um, people say, um, when I come here, I feel close to God. Yeah. 
So again, it becomes the holy place. But I, I think that we live in such a crazy, busy world that until we take a step back, um, sometimes it's hard to see God. And I think that's why God is so, so, so alive there. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that people say to me, and again, to me, I correlate it with the busyness of the world is that the stars are so bright here. Mm. Um, the stars are bright, not any brighter there than they are here in Omaha, but they have no competition at Camp Moses Merrill. Mm. And God has less competition at Camp Moses Merrill than he does when we're in our workplace or we're at home with the busyness of life. Yeah. Um, so there is a time to step back and, uh, and look at uh, where God is and, and what he's doing in your life. Um, and, and nature is all around you out there. You know, yeah. we have windows and the chapel is a beautiful view of looking out over the trees, but out on the trails or whether you're sitting on the deck, um, you know, you're in God's world. And it's very evident when you're at Camp Moses Merrill that mm. he's there. Wow. It's a great, great illustration. All right. So we've got some dreams. Uh, we've, there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you. 402-443-6663. Um, or my email, my name, B-E-V-P-A-C-A-S at gmail.com. And then the website for the camp. Is campmerrill.com. All right. Very good. Well, it's been really good talking with you, Bev. Thank you for spending the afternoon with me and uh, kind of sharing just even as, as good a conversation has been, as many things that we've talked about, this is still just a small percent of all the things that are going on there and the things you're involved in. So I appreciate you taking the time to share with us today. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Mission in 5, the podcast. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the many different ministry leaders, pastors, and church leaders impacting the churches of Nebraska and the larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for links to Bev Putzis' contact information, the camp website, and their other social media links. There will also be a link there for a short history of who Moses and Eliza Merrill are, so you'll understand where the camp got its name. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. While there, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying this show and so that other people can find the podcast easier. Send us ideas on who you would like us to interview for future episodes. And as always, feel free to support by giving through the PayPal link on the abcnebraska.com website. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.